number nine. John chapter number nine. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to John chapter number nine. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try to do the whole chapter. The whole chapter. It's going to be good. <clears throat> Bunch of negative people laughing. The whole chapter. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to show you. <clears throat> Amen. Why do you think we started a minute early? Amen. We need that minute. All right. Do we have anybody? Man, it's a good crowd tonight. We, 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 we copied out 500 copies and we run out. Man, what a great problem. Great problem. Is there anybody here for the very first time on Wednesday night Bible study? Any first timers? All right. All right. Anybody else right here? Hey, can we let them know we're glad they're here? Are you glad they're with us? Awesome. Man, we are glad you're here. Glad you're here. Now, here's what we're going to do. I got just a little small announcement. Uh, actually, I'm asking for a favor. That's, that's what I'm, we're doing. Uh, with the growth of Wednesday night Bible study, it's, it, it's awesome. I mean, the more the merrier. I love it. But uh, we've had a, an explosion in kids up there, a bunch, bunch of kids. And, uh, and, and, and they are really, really desperate for help. Now, I, I, I don't blame you. I love Bible study. I love Wednesday night Bible study. It's my favorite. I'll be honest with you. I love this where we can just come in here, chill out, get right to it, and get down to business and make it happen. And, 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 uh, but I need a favor. If we could have it, it, more than this, but at least if there would be four people, four people or four couples that God would touch and just say, hey, just put it on your heart, your mind, to be able to go up to exploration and help them. And, and I asked them, what, what would they be doing? And they'd, you'd basically be helping a leader helping a leader with crafts, activities, snacks, or just kind of uh, 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 corralling them up. <clears throat> I don't know any other way to say it, amen? It helping keep decorum, amen? Uh, but if you could do that, and here's, here's the way. You'd only have to, if we could get four, if we could get eight, if we could get eight, you don't have to do it once every two months. And if we get four, it's just maybe one Wednesday night, out of the four, if you could go help us with that, it would be an incredible, incredible blessing. And, uh, and here's what we'll do. We'll give you a free CD or a free DVD of the night you missed. That way you don't have to miss anything. I'll give you the notes and everything. And uh, matter of fact, I'll give you the notes with the words already filled in. <laughs> Amen? <clears throat> Whatever we got to do. We just, I, I just know they're, they're, they're desperately needing some help up there. Uh, and so if you can help... If you can help, if you will stop by to check it, not right now when I'm done, amen. Check out this, this evening, and speak with Lisa or Josh. Josh or Lisa will be out there at the checkout desk uh, uh, this way. And, uh, and if you could help with that or let them know, uh, maybe, you could, maybe you can do it once every three months. Whatever you can help us with, that would be great. Uh, it, it, if you could do it as a couple, that'd be even better. Serving God together, man, that'd be great. But at least four, hopefully eight, all right? At least four, hopefully eight. So pray about that. Pray about that, and, uh, and, and, and it will be a great blessing. And all God's people say it? Amen. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to just read a couple verses, and I'm going to let you sit down because I, I'm going to try to cover the whole chapter, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it takes up too much time. We've got a lot of outline to go. And so what we're going to do, we'll just take it as we go, okay? If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So let's just cover maybe the first uh, seven verses, and then, and then we'll get started. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man that was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. What does light do? It brings revelation. It illuminates. It lets you see things. If that makes sense, say amen. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, uh, therefore, and washed and came. Come on, everybody. And came. Came seeing. Isn't that great? Say amen. Amen. He came seeing. The blind is now seeing. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege. It is a privilege. It is an honor to be able to stand in your house. Lord, it seems like the devil has just poured it on us today. And I, I know that's usually, that's usually a good sign that you're going to do it to us tonight. So I pray that you'll please help me. Just clear my mind of the clutter. Clear my mind of any distractions that, that would hinder me from being able to clearly, clearly teach your word tonight. God, I pray that you'll touch every ear that they may comprehend and hear your word. And God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. Here's, here's what I want to do. Uh, <clears throat> it's been said, it's been said that the book of John is the book of belief, right? The book of belief. When we, when we started the very beginning and we, 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 we talked about the introduction to the book of John... Uh, we said that there were many things that Jesus did, many miracles that he did, many signs that he did, uh, but these are written. These are, matter of fact, it, it goes as far as to say this. If, uh, if, if we recorded all the things that Jesus did, all the miracles that he did while he was here on this earth, the books of this world could not contain them. How many of y'all remember that? Say amen. But these are written. These seven, these specific ones I'm going to write, John is different. You remember we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, which is called the Synoptic Gospels, synonymous. They're, they're basically the same. Well, John is writing in a different way. He's picking seven out specifically so you could see that, hear it, and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you might have life through his name. Amen? So here we have a sign. Here we have one of them. Here we have one of the seven. <clears throat> and in this particular one, uh, this, is what, this is what I want to do. I want to start with the very first. It's really going to be in four sections, this chapter. And the first one deals primarily with the miracle itself. The miracle itself. But the chapter, the chapter as a whole. We don't want to get caught up just with a miracle. We did that last week and we talked about that and what it taught us. And, 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 and how many of y'all know that uh, uh, difficult things and hard trials are opportunities for God to get glory in your life? Amen. But, but, but the whole chapter, we see a comparison. <clears throat> we see a comparison between unbelief and belief. Unbelief and belief. And I want to say this, unbelievable unbelief. Unbelievable unbelief. I, 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 was, I was writing uh, uh, the, the, the notes down and printing it off. And, and uh, in Jeremiah chapter number 5, look at the top of your notes there. Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 21 says, hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and, and have ears and hear not. It's been said, it's been said that there is no one so blind 
There is no one so blind as those who will not see. There is no one so blind as those who will not see. What does that mean? That they are presented truth yet will not see it. I, and that's, that's what I want to talk about. That's, that's the, the bulk of this chapter, dealing with this kind of unbelief. You say, preacher, why do we need to hear this? Because if you're going to share the gospel, you're going to run into unbelievers. You're going to run into people who reject the gospel. You're going to run into skeptics. You're going to run into critics. You're going to run into people who refuse to believe what you have to say. They refuse to believe the gospel. And we're going to see the characteristics that's here in this particular story. But with that being said, let's, let's go ahead and begin with the, 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 first, the, the first section of this chapter, which is the miracle itself. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. First, I want you to see in verses 1 through 7, we see a sign presented. A sign presented. Now, here, here's, here's what I want you to get. To this, to this blind guy, it's all about him. Now, if you were blind and he made you see again, it would be all about you. Amen? You'd think that's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, this guy's blind. Get this. He was born blind. Never saw anything. Never got to see anything. Man, it's all about me seeing. But that's not... That's not the purpose. That's not the purpose. Now, let's go back. Let's go back and do kind of a brief review of the very first lesson. And we, we studied that word sign. Studied the word sign. Look at, look at your notes. John 20, John 20, verse 30, and many other signs. This is written at the end of the book of John, remember? At the end of the book of John, he's kind of giving you the reason why he wrote his gospel. And this is what he says. And many other, come on, and many other, Signs, which does those miracles, truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe. that ye might believe. Ye might believe. Now watch this. Now watch this. The word sign, the Greek word there is simeon, which is evidence of a divine commission, an attestation of divine, of a divine message. There's the key. Of a divine message a token of the presence and working of God the seal of a higher power now what does that mean it means that there's something more important than the miracle it's the message it's trying to proclaim and display the big now the miracle is a big deal but the what he is trying to say from it the message from the miracle and each one of the signs the seven had a message with its Miracle. For instance, when he, when he, when he fed the 5,000, then he spoke about the bread of life, right? There's a message that goes with the miracle. Same principle here. There's a message with this. And it's amazing that we have the sign, we have the miracle in the first point, and the message in the last point. The, the, the miracle, it lead, leads up to him being able to give the message at the end of the chapter. So, with that being said, we see a sign. We see a sign. God uses an opportunity to present himself as the Messiah. So write this down. Write this down. Here's what I want you to write underneath the sign. It is, it is a remarkable sign. It is a remarkable sign. When I was looking at this and studying the information about this, it, I, I never realized this. But do you realize there would never had ever been a blind man healed in the history of the world, mankind, not one single 
Not one single blind person had ever been healed in the Old Testament. Go look at it. Look it up. Never been. Matter of fact, matter of fact, if you'll look down, if you'll look down in verse number, uh, verse 32. Verse 32. Look in verse 32. This is, this is, this is the blind man who's healed. He's, he's responding to the interrogation committee. And this is what he said. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was blind? In other words, there has never been a time. We have never heard of a blind man being healed. Now, we, we've, we've heard of sick people getting healed. We've heard of miracles like that. We, we've, we, we've heard of, uh, you know, Elisha raised the dead, the, the son that was sick and died. You know, my head, my head. He had the aneurysm in his head, and he brought. But nobody had ever healed a blind man, especially, especially one who was born blind. You know, somebody could, get, could, could become blind from a sickness or an ailment, but, you know, you could get better and it could come back. But nobody had ever healed anybody born blind. So this is remarkable. This is unbelievable. This is like a, this is like a huge, huge deal. But this is, what, this is what makes it huge. B, it's a revealing miracle. This is the whole point. This is the whole point. The point was not so somebody who is blind, so he don't have to beg anymore. The point is not that we have a blind guy, now he can see, and now it's, you know, he gets to enjoy life a little better. That's not the point. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a byproduct, and that's great, and that's awesome, but there's more to it than this. There was a bigger purpose behind the healing, behind the miracle. Now watch this, watch this. Look what it says in your notes. <clears throat> Look at your notes. Now remember, now remember, these things are written. Remember, these things are written. Let, let me, let's go back. Let's go back up to the, to the top. Verse John 20, you remember? John 20, verse 31. But these are written that ye might. Come on, everybody. These are written that ye might. That Jesus is the, the Son of God and that believing ye might have life through his name. But the point is so you will believe that he is the Messiah. All right? Now watch. Now watch. What does the Bible say about blind people? What's the Bible say about blind people? More importantly, blind people getting healed. Psalm 146, 8. Psalm 146, 8. The the Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord opened it. Now, what is the debate? What is the discussion we're going to find in the rest of this chapter? They're arguing over whether he is truly holy, whether he is truly the Messiah, whether he is truly the Son of God, right? But what, is, what does the Scripture say? Who, who heals the, 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 the eyes of the blind? The, the Lord. Watch this. Isaiah 42, prophecy concerning the coming Messiah. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles to open the... What's he saying? When the Messiah shows up, he's going to heal blind people. He's, watch this. He's going to do what's never been done. Y'all with me? Now watch this. Watch what happens when Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up at the beginning of his ministry, Luke chapter 4, verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of... Come on, people. Now, I need y'all to give an effort like I'm giving an effort, all right? The recovering of... Sight to the blind. Jesus says it. This is it. Now watch what he says in verse 21. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now watch this. Watch this. This is really cool. Matthew chapter 11. You say, what is this? This is when John is in the prison. John has been preaching the gospel. John has been preaching the gospel. He's been put in prison because of the message he had uh, uh, about the king. And, uh, and, and so he is in prison. He hears the works of the Lord, and he's starting to doubt. He's starting to get a little discouraged here, and, and he sends his, his servants to Jesus. He sends his servants to Jesus, and this is, the, this is the statement the servants make to Jesus. Art thou he, or do we look for another? In other words, are you sure you're him? Are you sure you're him? Now, this is St. John that baptized him. This is the same John that was on the riverbank and baptized him. So all the doves descending out of heaven light upon him the spirit of God in the form of a dove. This is the same John who heard the voice. Behold, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But now he's discouraged. Listen, you can be John Baptist, the greatest born among women, and get discouraged. And he's discouraged. He's down. Discouragement will cause doubt. And he says, man, you need to go see. Are you sure you're him? Are you sure you're the Messiah? Are you sure you're the one we've been waiting on? Are you sure you're him? Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. Now watch what was the first thing on the list. The Say it again. Here's the point. It's never been done before. Nobody blind has ever been healed. There's never been a blind guy healed. It's prophesied in the Old Testament that the Messiah was going to heal the blind. It's prophesied that when the Messiah comes, blind people are going to see again. Jesus proclaimed it when he read the book of Isaiah at the beginning of his ministry, proclaiming who he was. He said the blind will receive their sight, the recovering of sight to the blind. This day is this fulfilled in your eyes, and he heals blind people. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that's him. This miracle was for the purpose of saying to the world, does this make sense now? It wasn't, it wasn't so he could see. That's part of it. It was a blessing. And Jesus did have compassion and mercy. But it was used by him to reveal. That's why he said this. That's why he said this. When they said, who sinned, him or his mama? Jesus. Neither. But the purpose of this. The purpose of this. And then he says this. Watch this. I am the what of the world? Now, what's he fixing to do? He's fixing to turn on the light. He's fixing to reveal truth. He's fixing to reveal himself to the world. He makes clay, sticks it in his eye. He heals and the man comes back seeing. If you knew anything about Scripture, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Unless you will not see. 
You know what? I used to argue with people about theology, about... Now, I still like to argue. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> but I've learned this. When you try to convince somebody about something, my, 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 my great theologian redneck brother we we now there are so many things that we're different about there's a few things we're the same and that was the we must have got a debating gene when we were born because he'd like to argue and i'd like to argue and we could argue till the cows come home we you know it just it was in our makeup one day i was down visiting we were talking about something it could have been i don't know how big a fish was or something. i don't even remember what it was how, how ball game went or whatever and we started arguing, and I said something back to him, and he said, okay. I thought to myself, what? Because <laughs> I'm waiting for, you know, let's get this thing. We're just getting warmed up, man. You're going to just quit? I said, you, what do you mean? He said, Malcolm, I'm a mind changed against his will. Is that the same opinion? Still, ain't no use in arguing about Immediately, I said, alien, where's my brother? <laughs> Say, my brother, I don't know what you've done with him. I want him back. Amen. He said, if you see two people arguing, one of them don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, actually, I said that wrong. He said, if you see two people arguing, neither one of them know what they're talking about. Because if one of them knew what they were talking about, he wouldn't even argue. Why argue about something you know what's right? You, you see my point? And so here we have, here, this is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. If someone is not looking for truth, it don't matter what you tell them. How obvious is this? How obvious is the scriptures? How obvious is, is the prophecy concerning him? How obvious is it that this has never been done before? Never. And here it is. But you will not see if you don't want to see. And all God's people say it. Okay? Now, can we see that this is a revealing miracle? A remarkable. It's remarkable because it never happened before. It's revealing because the purpose of the miracle was to reveal the Messiah. The purpose of the miracle was to say, hey, I'm the light of the world. I'm turning the light on. I'm letting you see who I am. Look, here, here, I am, I'm here, guys. I'm here. Secondly, not only do we see a sign presented, a, 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 a real deal, this is your sign. This is your sign. All right? Number two, I want you to see a stubborn pride. A stubborn pride. All right, the neighbors, verse 8, the neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, is not this he that sat and begged? They've blown away. This is the beggar. I mean, this, they, year after year after year, we've, we've gone by this guy. We've even maybe gave him, given, given him a sandwich or given him some money at a time, and now he's walking around looking. How is this possible? Isn't this the one that begged? Some said, no, nah, it can't be. He looks like him. He looks like him. But he said, it's me. It's me. 
Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay, he anointed my eyes, said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Just simple, basic, this is what happened. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I ain't got a clue. Because <clears throat> see, when he went and washed, Jesus disappeared. So he went and washed his eyes, so he, 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 he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Matter of fact, think about this. He couldn't point out Jesus if he wanted to. He'd been blind since his birth. He, he, he don't know. He said, I don't know where is that. And then it says, so they brought him to the Pharisees that aforetime was blind. Now let's think about that a minute. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there, there's a lot of possibilities with this. Why did they bring him to the Pharisees? Well, maybe it was because uh, they was like... Because everybody really knew who Jesus was. You don't do what Jesus did and not everybody know what he did. I guarantee you, you have somebody walk around Coleman healing sick people, everybody's going to know who he is. Y'all with me? And so maybe because, now, now you got to understand, at this particular point in time, the religious leaders, the Jews, the religious leaders had, had said, now if you, if you confess Jesus, we're kicking you out. We're excommunicating you. You're out of the synagogue. Anybody that does that, you're out. So, so they're like, man, that's a big deal. I mean, you get kicked out of church here, you just go find one of the other 300 in town. Amen? <laughs> there was only one synagogue. This was a serious deal. I mean, you didn't just, it, our mentality is a little different to understand this because it, the synagogue was everything. That, that, that if, you, if you were excommunicated out of the synagogue, you were an outcast to your family, to friends. They wouldn't, nobody would have anything. To, I mean, it cost a lot. It was a major deal. So they said, if you confess Jesus, you're out. So everybody was afraid. But they're wondering, what is this deal? So possibly they brought this guy, explain this. Explain how this blind man is seeing now. Or... Or maybe, maybe he did it on the Sabbath day. We know he did it on the Sabbath day, but maybe they're bringing to turn him in. So what's this guy doing washing on the Sabbath? Whatever the reason is, the Pharisees are involved now. The religious leaders are involved now. And, and the neighbors that, that, who had witnessed this miracle, they said, here, here he is. And, and so here's what happens. They said, how'd this happen? How'd this happen? Well, he goes through it again. He goes through it again. Look what he says. In verse number, <clears throat> verse number 13. Are you there? Say amen. amen. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. Now remember, he's done explained it one time. He said unto them, he put clay upon my eyes and I washed and do see. Therefore, you see how his answer is getting shorter? I, I, I'm coming back to that. <clears throat> Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. I love that. A division among them. A division among who? Among the Pharisees. Understand this. Pharisaical churches won't never be able to get along. Now, I'm, I'm going to just leave that. You do what you want with that. It says in verse 17, They say unto the blind man again, Again, 
What sayest thou of him? That he hath opened thine eyes. In other words, what do you think about it? And he said, well, this is the blind guy. Or the now see. I think he's a prophet. But the Jews, when, and remember, when you see the Jews, he's, he's talking about the leaders, the leaders of the, 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 the Jewish religious sect. The Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight and they asked them. In other words, I don't believe this. No, you, you, you ain't no way you, you're born blind. This is, this is an impossibility. So they got the guy's parents. Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? Now remember, you remember, the parents are scared to death. You remember there's already been a threat that if you confess Jesus, you're out. So, so they have this fear of man. They have this fear of the religious leaders. That if, man, if we say the wrong thing, they're going to kick us out of the tabernacle. They're going to us, kick us out of the synagogue. All right? His parents answered him and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. By what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who, who hath opened his eyes, we know not. Yeah, they knew. They knew. He is of age, ask him. He should speak for himself. They just passed the book, amen? These words spake his parents. Why? Because they feared the Jews. You know what the Bible says? The fear of man bringeth a snare. Let me just throw this in here. I understand them. I understand them. I'm not going to be critical about them guys. I, I, I'm, I'm just not. Because I know what it feels like to worry about what people think. But I know also how dangerous that is. There are pastors all over America who wants to step out and do some things they feel like God's calling them to do, but they will not do it because they're afraid of what the group is going to say about it. They're afraid of what man will say. Well, let me tell you something. If you stay in that, you become a slave to man's opinion. Don't be, a fear, don't be afraid of man. I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to offend anybody. And I don't, I don't ever want somebody, you know, just do something just to, you know, to cause friction. I, I, I don't like friction. I don't like that. I, I want to get along with everybody. But I'm telling you, there comes a time where you have to make a stand, and it's either God or man. And here we find they have a fear of man. It says, they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. Then... Come on. Then, again, and I'm, I'm emphasizing that. I'm emphasizing that. I'm going to come back to that. Then again called the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. Now what that means, that's not saying, hey, give God praise. That's not what that means. That's basically a, a phrase that's used saying, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Because if you go back to Joshua, how many of y'all remember when Achan sinned? Remember when Achan sinned and they confronted him, brought him before everybody? This is what they said. Give God the praise. In other words, it's time to fess up. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. This ain't no time. God knows. Hey, that's what this phrase is. They're saying, hey, give God the praise. It's time to tell the truth. They're swearing him in for the, for the testimony, if you will. We know that this man's a sinner. I love his response. He answered and said, well, I don't know about that. Whether he be a sinner or no, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. 
<laughs> then said they, oh, man, I'm t- I can't wait to get point, point three. It's great. <clears throat> then said they to him, what did he to thee? It's like the third time they've asked him. What did he to thee? How open he thine eyes? Now he's mad. He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Now he's really fixing to make them mad. Do you want to be his disciples? Oh, bad move. Then they, now they're mad. Now they're mad. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we're Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses, and said, For this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Now he's getting, I mean, he's all, he's just so deep in it now, he's just going to just stick it to them. The man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing. Ain't that funny? You know not from whence he is, but yet he opened my eyes. Y'all don't see the sarcasm? Now we know, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, now what he's saying here, it's never been done before. Ain't nobody ever healed blind eyes. Ain't never been a blind man to see again. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us and they. All right, here's the second point. And I'm going to give you some extra information. I'm going to give you extra information about unbelief. I didn't have room to put it in the outline because I had to make two pages. And so I'm going to just give it to you. If you want to write it down, do what you want with it. Okay? All right? Stubborn pride. Here's what, here's what they begin to do. Okay? Here we've got this guy who's been healed of his blindness. <clears throat> now, the guy should be having a party right now. I mean, really. I'd be seeing everything. I mean, he don't even have time. He don't even have time to enjoy his newfound freedom, his newfound sight. I mean, he should be having a party, and yet he's being grilled. He's being grilled by self-righteous, religious, hypocritical Pharisees. So here he is. He's in front of them. Now, here's what happens with unbelievers. Here's what happens with people who who you try to share truth with. Who will not, you remember? There's no one so blind as those who will not see, right? Okay, here's what they try to do. First thing they do, they try to discredit the miracle. <clears throat> they try to discredit the miracle. John 9, 18 says this. Man, we don't believe this. This ain't him. There's no way this is a guy that's been born blind. Somebody call his parents. You know what people are trying to do who refuse to believe? They try to discredit your testimony. What's happened to you? I remember when my dad talked about the time when, when, when he first got saved. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew his, his history and his past and his background and, and uh, his reputation and all. And, 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 and they said, it ain't real. It's not real. We'll give it two weeks. Some of them didn't give it a week. What were they doing? They were trying to discredit the, the, the experience that took place. So... And, and it's funny because they kept asking and they kept asking and they kept asking. Here's what, here's what most people do when it comes to truth. They will evade the evidence. 
They'll keep trying to change the subject or go somewhere else instead of, hey, hey. So now they're, they're evading the evidence. When you, and that's what happens usually when you get in a debate with someone or an argument or whatever, and you present something, they change the subject. They go to something completely, completely different because they're trying to avoid the truth that you're facing and placing in front of them. Right? So here they discredit the miracle. The second thing they do, the second thing they do is they try to discredit the Messiah. They say, what happened? He tells them what happened. Well, this man can't be, this man can't be of God. He did this on the Sabbath. This man can't be of God. So what are they doing now? Now they're trying to discredit the one who performed the miracle. You remember what they had said before? He casteth out devils by Beelzebub. Well, that don't even make sense. Why would the devil cast out his own self? See how ridiculous people with no facts get with their arguments? Jesus at a house divided against himself cannot stand. Right? But guess what? When you refuse to see, it don't matter what truth is presented. It don't matter what someone says. You, you might as well quit arguing and quit fussing because it, you're not going to get anywhere. If they refuse to see, they try to discredit. Unbelief tries to discredit the, 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 the miracle. They tried to discredit the Messiah. Now, when they couldn't do either one of them, now, they couldn't, they couldn't discredit the miracle because it's right in their face. Everybody can see it. Well, when they tried to discredit the, the, the Messiah, they said, this man can't be of God. Guess what? Some of their own people said, wait a minute now. Ain't nobody ever done this before. How can this man not be of God and heal a blind man? So now they're having problems there. So I can't discredit the miracle. I'm having problems discrediting, discrediting the, the Messiah. So guess what we'll do? We'll just discredit the guy that got healed. You know what they said to him? You know what they said to him? You're a sinner. And watch this. Watch it. Let me, let me go back to the verse because this is huge. This is huge. <clears throat> verse 34. I think I put it in your notes. Look at verse 34. Look at verse 34. Watch this. <clears throat> they answered and said unto him, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether. You say, what is, what's the big deal about that? Do y'all remember the question in the very beginning from the disciples? Who did. See, what they're doing now is reinforcing the bad theology. Where do you think the, the common people got that bad theology from? Them. You know what they were saying? You're a cursed person. You were born blind. You're cursed. You're just a sinner. Not, hey, we won't look at the evidence. Here's what, here's what people will do. When they can't refute the truth you have, they begin to attack you personally. I had, I had someone come to my office one time, a couple. And, 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 and this, person, this person doesn't have a job, so 
they stay on the internet all day. And, and so they brought in a stack of papers that they copied and pasted off the internet about that, that tall and laid it on my desk to show me all the things I was doing wrong. And, and, and I'm not, listen, this, ain't, this is not about, you know, being funny. This is, this is, I mean, this is what I have to deal with. And, and so I, I, I said, well, I'll, I'll look through it. Now, I'm, 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 not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking about this stack this high. I just usually now, I'm old enough now, I'll throw it in the garbage and say, well, there's plenty of other churches to go to. I'm, I'm there now. Thank God. <laughs> but at that point, I made it a point. I went through every single sheet, top to bottom, both sides, just maybe I am. Maybe I am doing something wrong. So the next meeting, they came in. I put it in front of them. I said, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I didn't find anything in there that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be or that I'm not, I'm not doing that I am supposed to be. Can you take your Bible and show me something that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be or that I am not doing that I am supposed to be? And there was this pause. And this is exactly what happened. Miss Barry was in the other room. This is exactly what happened. Well, you never liked us. What's that got to do with anything? And, and, and guys, God is my witness. I love these people. These are people that I got along with. These are people that if I seen them coming down the hallway, man, I say, hey, guys, how y'all do? Just, I mean, I'm not going to stand up here and try to put on a fake pastor. There's some people to irritate me. I'm going to tell you that right now. They just are. I can't help it. Y'all know. Y'all people irritate y'all. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> but these were not. That's my point I'm trying to make. These were not. But the first thing they did when they had no evidence, when they had no argument, when they had no truth, is they attacked my character. I said, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I mean, I'm, I'm literally in shock. I, I'm trying to figure out, what do you mean that I've, I've never liked you? I love you guys. What do you mean? Well, you'll hug everybody, but you won't hug us. I'm like, oh. It was at that moment. Y'all lucky. Y'all lucky I didn't hear that. I don't even know what was said, but it don't matter. It was at that moment that I realized we're getting nowhere. There's no reason, and, 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 and this is what I said. This is, this is exactly what I said. I said, guys, I, I, I really hate this. I, I really hate that you feel this way. And, and, and it, it boiled down, it boiled down to we, we, we were doing some things different. We, did, we, we, we started our life groups, and they didn't like that. And, and, and it comes down to preferences. And, and this, is, this is what I said with, with just, you know, brokenness in my heart. I said, guys, y'all probably, you, you, you probably need to find another church. 
And, and not that I, I want you to go anywhere because I don't want you to go anywhere, but I've lost your trust. And, and, and not because of something I did that was unbiblical is we're doing something different than the preference you like, but from this point on, you're going to constantly look for something to critique about what we're doing. You really need to find a church that you can get in with and, and, and be a part of the vision and support the vision. But right now, you're going to be nothing but looking for something wrong. And that's the truth. And guess what? Guess what will happen if you come trying to find something wrong? Guess what you're going to find? I can give you 20 reasons why I don't like myself. I don't have to look very hard. But you know what? This is the deal. They've already got a predetermined, they, they've already got a predetermined idea who Jesus is, and it don't matter. Watch this, watch this. He can heal the blind and still be wrong. Does that make sense? So here's what I want to share with you about unbelief. These are, these are not in your notes, so if you want to, these are just four quick things if you want to write them down. This is what unbelief will do. When you're dealing with somebody that, that you're trying to show them, and this is not just about salvation. This could be, this could be about differences in theology. You know, there's, there's differences of, of beliefs in Scripture. You know, whether you're a Baptist or charismatic or, or, or whatever persuasion you may be, and you try to, you try to share uh, the truth of the gospel, you, 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 sometimes if, if, if someone says, I, I want to know, that's, that's different than, I want to prove why you're wrong. You see the difference? And when you're trying to deal with this kind of thing, people who refuse to see, that's, that's, let's just leave it at that. People who refuse to see, this is what you're going to deal with. Those type people, number one, they always set false standards. They always set false standards. And what do I mean by that? This is the first thing that was said. What happened to you? Man, this guy, this guy came and he spit on the ground, he made some clay, he put it in my eyes, and he told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Immediately, immediately said, this guy can't be of God. This guy can't be of God. He didn't follow the Sabbath. Now watch this. This was their tradition. Jesus never, say it with me, Jesus never broke one single of God's law. Not one single time. But he broke their tradition regularly. Y'all remember, now let me, let me go over this again for you, you that are new for, to Bible study. We learned that there was, the, there was the Torah and the Mishnah. All right? The Torah was God's written law. This is what he said. This is what God wrote for the nation of Israel, for, for, for his people. Are y'all with me? Well, man figured they need to help it. So we're going, to write, we're going to write our own set of rules to help you follow God's set of rules. Now, how many of y'all know that God don't need any help? Well, what happened is the Mishnah became more important than God's Word. That's why Jesus said, you're so concerned about your tradition, you're so concerned about your man-made rules, you've made the Word of God of none effect by your tradition. So Jesus came and broke their tradition all the time. And this was one particular time that he broke their tradition because they had a standard that was not real. 
It was unrealistic. It was false. What's the point? There will be people that you deal with. There will be people that you work with. There will be people that have false standards of righteousness. There's, there's churches that have man-made rules and they try to, they try to make and force you into false standards. It's not what God said, it's what I say. How many of y'all know that don't work? So people with unbelief, they have false standards. They said, this guy can't be of God. He, he didn't keep the Sabbath. Well, that was their rule, not God's. All right? And secondly, they always want more evidence, but never has enough. In other words, when you're in a debate with them or you're in a talk with them or whatever it might be, they always want, what, what about, what about, what about, what about? They always want more evidence, more evidence, more evidence. And no matter how much you give them, it's never enough. No matter how many verses you share to support the truth that you believe, no matter how many verses you give them, no matter how much truth you show them, it's never enough. It's never enough. Let me prove it. Watch this. I'm going to do this fast because I'm running out of time. Watch this right here. <clears throat> this, is, this is where it gets kind of humorous. John 9, 10. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? John 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. Then John 9, 17. Then said unto the blind man, Again, what sayest thou of him, that he hath opened thine eyes? John 9, 19, and they asked them, saying, is this your son whom you say, what are they doing? They're trying to get more evidence and more evidence and more evidence. How then doth he now see? John 9, 24, then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God praise. We know that this man's a sinner. John 9, 26, then said they to him again, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? In other words, it's never enough. And it came to a point that this poor guy says, what, what do you want me to tell you? I've already told you over and over and over and over again. You're going you gonna to believe this time that I tell you? I mean, what, what do you want? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. What, what, what do you want me to tell you? I, I done told you. What more can I tell you now that I hadn't already told you? People that refuse to see, it doesn't matter how many times you tell them. It doesn't matter how much truth you show them. We want more, but it's never enough. It's never enough. Why? There's no one so blind as those who will not see. All right? Then, then thirdly, <clears throat> unbelief sets false standards. Unbelief always wants more evidence but never has enough. Number three, it does biased research on a purely subjective basis. Biased research on a purely subjective basis. Watch what they say. They come to him again after they interrogated the parents. After they interrogated the parents in verse 24, they come to him again. Remember when they said, remember when they said, uh, ask him. Ask him. He's of age. Don't bring us into this. Ask him. He's of age. Now watch what they do now. Watch how it's different than the first time. It's different than the first time. The first time they said, what happened to you? Well, let me tell you what happened to me. Man, this guy named Jesus. He came and spit on the ground, put it in, the, in my eye, fixed me. I'm, I can see now. Isn't this cool? That's the first time. Now, now, this is how they asked him. Now, what happened to you? Now, 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 remember, we, this, this man's a sinner. 
All right, they asked him to testify in their prejudice already. It's It's like they're asking him to testify, but they're tampering with the jury. Now, before you say what you're going to say, we know this guy is a sinner. What, 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 what am I saying? There's going to be people you deal with with truth, and they've already made up their mind what they believe. They're not here. They're not here to determine truth. They're trying to figure out how to prove to you why they're right. I saw, t- I saw a t-shirt the other day that said something of that nature. I'm not arguing with you. I'm explaining why you're wrong. <laughs> and that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Now, before you say anything, before you say anything, we just want you to know we've already made up our mind about this guy. And you see, that, my friend, is the problem. And you know what? That problem is universal in churches all over America. When when, when you, my my wife, my wife was in the foyer one day. And and a guy from a church here in Coleman came in and, 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 and was basically just interrogating her. He's lucky I wasn't there because y'all would have a new pastor. Do y'all have Sunday school in here? And that was right around the time that we had, we had started life groups and all that. So she began to try to explain. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, do you have Sunday school? Rude. Just rude. Well, well sir, here's what we, here's what, and she, she's just trying to answer his question, but he kept cutting her off. You know what? You know what he's saying? I've already predetermined what I think about y'all. I'm just trying to get evidence to support my conclusion. What she needed to do is take that mop she had and warp him upside the head with it. I said it. Some people just need that, a mop warping, amen? Y'all going to have to, excuse me, I've had a rough day. (laughs) Some people, and this brings up the fourth thing, if you want to write this down. They totally reject the evidence. It's so obvious. They reject it. I mean, it's standing right in front of them. The Old Testament, and by the way, these were not these were not scriptural dummies. Y'all with me? These were not scriptural dummies. These were people who knew the Old Testament scriptures. You could not be a religious leader in that day. I mean, you had to memorize just unbelievable amounts of scripture, but they were blind. When you when you, when you make up your mind what you think you believe and then try to get the Bible to find verses to support what you, that's the wrong way to go at it. 
You need to open the Bible, study it, and let it tell you what you need to believe. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Number, number, what number are we on? Three. Yeah, three. What's number three? <clears throat> I told you it's been a rough one. I want you to see a spiritual progression. A spiritual progression. This is a cool deal with this, this man. This is a cool deal with this man. You, you see a progression. And I, I'll, I'll go quick because we need to go quick. First, he moves from this. First, he starts out with this. What happened to you? Well, a man named Jesus. There's a limited amount of information. And we can really see salvation in, in this, this progression here. You say, how did you get saved? Somebody told me about a man named when I was in When I was a little kid, I was in Sunday school, and a teacher told me, Jesus loves me. This I know. For my Bible tells me so. Somebody told me about a man named Jesus. Did I know everything at that moment? No. I had a limited amount of information. But it was the beginning of the dawn. It was the beginning of the light coming into my life. Are y'all with me? And so he starts out with limited information. He starts out with the only thing he knew was there's a man named Jesus. How many of y'all know that's a great place to start? Then he moves. He moves from uh, the knowledge and, and the progression in his spiritual walk from a man named Jesus. And they asked him. When the Pharisees interrogated him, they said, what do you think about him? What do you think about him? He said, well, I believe the guy's a prophet. So he's moved from, he's just a man named Jesus to now he's a prophet. Do y'all see this? Now, why is that significant? Do y'all remember? Do y'all remember when, when Jesus asked the, the people, when they, Jesus asked the disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? What they say? Some say thou art John the Baptist come from the dead. Some say thou art Elias or one of the prophets. The people think you're a prophet. What did, what did the woman say? What did the woman at the well say in John chapter number 4 when he told her everything? She said, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Why? Because they knew in the past, they knew by biblical history and scriptural history that prophets in the Old Testament did some miracles. They knew that Elijah had called fire down from heaven. They knew that he had helped a widow sustain and have food throughout a famine. They knew that Elisha had made a, a pot of oil cease not and, and Elisha had raised the dead. Are y'all with me? They knew that Moses, and they considered Moses a prophet, he split the Red Sea. So if any man is doing something like this, he must be a prophet. So his, his knowledge and his belief in Jesus was growing. He's not just a man, now he's a prophet. And then as it, then as it continues, then as it continues, they interrogate the parents, they send it back to him. They get him in front of them now. <clears throat> And this is, this is the, the best part about the whole thing is this part. Now, now, we need you to tell us what really happened. Tell us what happened. Now, before you, we know this man's a sinner. Listen, man, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know all about that. I ain't got a clue about that. All I know is I was once blind and now I see. Now, whether he's a sinner or not, that's what I know. But I do know this. I do know this. That ain't never happened to nobody before. 
And I do know this, that they, they know way this guy cannot be from God because God only hears the prayers of those without sin. Because, see, he knows a little bit of Scripture. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. And, you know, here's, here's what he's saying. I believe he's a man of God. He's got to be from God. And then as we graduate even further, they kick him out. We'll come back to that. They're mad now. Who are you to teach us? Because, see, he, he's, just, he's just totally destroyed their argument. He said, this is a marvelous thing. You don't even know where he's from, but now I can see. That's a little, that's a little crazy. You're supposed to be the religious leaders. You're supposed to be no God, but you don't even know this guy, and this is the first guy never in the history of mankind has anybody ever healed a blind man, but you don't know him? Uh-huh, that's, that's funny. Man, they're mad. You know why? They have no argument. And if I, can't, if I can't win the argument, I attack you personally. Well, you were born in your sins. Now what they're doing, because here's the deal. And, this, and this, this might have a lot to do with how he responded different than all the rest of them. Being a blind man, he never got to go into the synagogue. He never got to go into the tabernacle because of his condition. Because, because in their eyes, it was a type of the curse, and he was cursed, so he couldn't. So guess what? He wasn't afraid of them. And I'm here to tell you now, if I'm blind and now I see, I don't give a rip what they say either. It's kind of like this. I had people tell us, all this stuff you're doing, you're going to ruin the church, and it's gonna, the church is going to be destroyed. I said, all right, it ain't going to happen. It's going to work. What we're doing, it's going to work. Well, how do you know? I said, God told us to do it. And guess what? That was about 1,800 people ago. So guess how much concern I have about what they think? That's this guy. But you know what? still was a big deal because now he's kicked out of the synagogue he's probably going to be ostracized from his family and guess who shows up Jesus Jesus goes and finds him this is great now watch this he's healed but he's not saved he's physically whole now Jesus comes to make sure he's spiritually whole now watch this. Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, man. And it, Now remember, he's never seen Jesus before. He don't know who he is. He don't know who the man was. Now watch. It says, Jesus heard that, it's verse 35, by the way. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe? Now he's ready to believe. Just tell me. Man, if that's not a picture of salvation, it's like, it's like the, the, the people in Acts chapter number 2. What must we do? Who is he that I need to believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both. Y'all get it? 
Y'all don't see the. <laughs> Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. You, you get it? Before he could only. Now he can see. You know what he said? I believe. So see, his understanding and his, his, his knowledge progresses from a man named Jesus to I believe you're the Son of God. Isn't this great? But lastly, let me give you them. Here's the thing. Just write them down. I'm not going to preach them. Just write them down. There was a purpose reminded. Verse 39. And Jesus said, for judge. Oh, I forgot. A sermon proclaimed. I'm sorry. That's the point. Now, pre- now remember, the miracle was so he could preach the sermon. Now, here's what he said. Verse 39. And Jesus said, for judgment I am coming in this world, that they which see not might see, and they that which seen might be made blind. Now, here, here's, a, here's a play on words here. I want you to understand this. He's not necessarily talking about physical sight here. And we could apply that here, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about that those that are lost can get saved. Those that are in spiritual darkness. You say, well, what about those that can see, but so they can't see? Here's the play on words. How many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, the same sun that melts butter hardens clay. When, when, when presented in the right, watch this now. You remember when Jesus used the illustration of the seeds and the right soil? The heart is the, is the soil. Okay? What he's saying there, in the right soil, in the right atmosphere, when they hear the truth, they believe. But when you've got a predetermined conclusion, Guess what? You think you see, but you're just made more blind. Because the same sun that melts butter hardens clay. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He said, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is And when you refuse to believe, guess what? You get harder and harder and heart. And that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He said, I didn't come to condemn you. I come that you might believe. But guess what? By his truth, truth is going to do two things. It's going to cause people that can't see to see and those people who think they see to get blinder. All right? Purpose reminded. A pious response. A pious response. They arrogantly said. See, the Pharisees heard what he said. Are we blind also? I'm sorry, that's a little sound effect right there. Anyway, do y'all see that? They're arrogant. And that's the point Jesus is making. You're so arrogant. You're so self-centered. You're so self-righteous. Your problem is you're blind and you can't even see it. A pious response, then a poignant Revelation. Look what he says. Jesus said unto them, 
if ye were blind, in other words, if you were truly, if you were truly blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, we see, therefore you're. In other words, you're nailing your own coffin. And all God's people say it. Now, for all you doubters that didn't think we was going to finish this whole chapter. <laughs> Bunch of critical people. All right. We, we've gone over time, so the, the, the children's people are hating me right now. So I want to remind you. I want to remind you, if God touched your heart tonight, if you want to be one of the, one of the eight or one of the four or whatever, uh, stop by the desk. Do it tonight. Encourage them. Let them say, hey, we're going to help you once a month or once every other month. And, uh, and if, if a bunch of us do it, that, that makes it easier for everybody. But when you've got that many young'uns and you're trying